Good Morning Friends, Volume 1, a collection of weekly radio messages by R.J. Rushdooney. Narrated by Jeremy Walker. Produced with permission by the Chalcedon Foundation. Chapter 13, The Cross, September 18, 1956. Good morning, friends. Ask any group of Christians to name their favorite hymns, and the likelihood is that a high percentage of those hymns will be concerned with the cross. At first glance, it seems curious that most joyous singing should deal with an emblem of death and shame. For the cross was very definitely an instrument of death and shame, representing the brutal and disgraceful punishment reserved for criminals by the Roman Empire. And yet, it is in the cross we glory, the cross of Christ, an empty cross, signifying his victory over death and over sin. What does the cross of Christ mean to us, and why is it our source of joy and our glory? First of all, it signifies Christ's victory for our sakes. Jesus Christ, very God of very God, became very man of very man, both fully divine and fully human. As the sinless one, he rendered unto God a perfect obedience for our sakes. As the sin-bearer, he took the penalty of death for our sakes, dying as a criminal on the cross. As the Son of God, he arose from the dead and became the fountainhead of a new humanity, a new human race made up of all who accept him as Savior, to whom he gives victory over sin and death. The cross, therefore, means salvation to us and a new life in Christ Jesus. It means membership in the new humanity and entrance into a life of fulfillment and hope. Second, the cross means something central to us in our inner experience and our spiritual growth. We are born into the old humanity of Adam, and it is our nature to sin and our destiny to die. When we accept Christ by faith as our Savior, we die judicially to the old Adam. However, our subsequent life in Christ requires our sanctification, the negative aspect of which involves the mortification of the old Adam in us. In plain language, this means that we die to our hopes and plans after the flesh, and die as well to all our claims in order to live to Christ and to recognize only His hopes and plans and only His claims. The cross means that we are constantly dying to the old Adam in us and being resurrected to the new man, Jesus Christ. There is never a hope in Adam that we die to that is not met with a resurrection of greater hope in Christ. There is never a plan or a claim in Adam which we surrender without finding through Christ's resurrection a truer plan and a substantial claim. Thus the cross means both a constant defeat, surrender, and death for us, and at the same time a growing victory, power, and resurrection. The cross, therefore, is a fitting symbol of our hopes and joys, and a true subject of Christian song, since it embodies the essence of our salvation. Third, the cross means also the inescapable decision of life. No man can escape the cross. He will either bear the cross of his sinful natures with all its lies and frustrations, or he will bear the glorious and victorious cross of Christ. Men desire a good life and a royal one, but it has well been stated that, quote, no cross, no crown, unquote, no Christ, no victory. We either accept the life-giving cross of Jesus Christ, or we find ourselves progressively oppressed and crushed by the death-dealing cross of our own nature. 
Which cross will we carry? Quote, Jesus, I my cross have taken, all to leave and follow thee. Destitute, despised, forsaken, thou from hence my all shall be. Perish every fond ambition, all I've sought or hoped or known. Yet how rich is my condition, God and heaven are still my own. Unquote. Henry Francis Light, quote, Jesus, I my cross have taken, unquote, 1825. Quote, Beneath the cross of Jesus, I fain would take my stand, the shadow of a mighty rock within a weary land, a home within the wilderness, a rest upon the way, from the burning of the noontide heat and the burden of the day. Unquote. Elizabeth C. Selfane, quote, Beneath the cross of Jesus, Unquote. 1868.